Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi there, I'm Cindy Linden, and this is the Cook Along Podcast. We're going to make some cookies today. No surprise, if you follow my podcast, you know that I do a lot of cookies. These are bar cookies, and yet it is something quite unusual for me. The first word in the recipe, don't let this scare you away, is the word healthy. I find myself really turned off by the word healthy. I feel like if I'm baking something sweet, it's like, why bother? My intent when I bake something sweet, especially in the cookie or bar cookie category, is to make something decadent and indulgent. And the word healthy just screams that that is not what I'm about to get. However, I know that the word healthy is kind of a hot topic. At certain times of the year in particular, which, as I'm recording this, it happens to be, uh, it's not January anymore, so maybe people are easing up, but it is early February. So people are still probably a little bit mindful about eating things that are more healthy than what we did in November and December. So kudos to them for that, and (laughs) kudos to me for trying this, because I know we should all eat better. And there's a point in life where we all need to kind of maybe focus on that. I don't want to say that because I don't want to focus on that. I had a doctor appointment a few years back. I don't even remember what it was for, but whatever the malady was, I clearly remember what he said to me. I went in and he did whatever testing he needed to do. And then he sat down across from me and he said, As we mature, I wanted to throttle him. (laughs) I want, it's like, as we mature. Okay, that was really very politically kind, all right? He was including himself in that. And he didn't say age or get old, but that's what I heard nonetheless. And I was super annoyed by the fact that what he was saying is that whatever that melody was, it wasn't about me. It wasn't about something I had done or not done or eaten or not eaten. It wasn't about exercise. It was solely about something over which I have no control. 
which is time. And I find that super, super annoying. It's just not fair. There ought to be ways I can compensate and make things that are wrong go right again. It's a very hard adaptation. As some of you listening to me, I'm sure will understand. And those of you who don't understand, you will. It's coming. So anyway, I saw this recipe, which, as I said, starts with the word healthy. And then it says two other words that I'm not crazy about. The name is healthy coconut date bars. And this recipe comes from the Sunkissed Kitchen. I am not crazy about coconut. I love the flavor of coconut, but the chewiness, boy, could I do without that. It's, uh, it seems to have to go on forever and I get tired of it. Dates, I have mixed feelings about. I don't like them just eating them as fruit. They're too cloyingly sweet for me. I have had them in baked dishes that I thought they were very good because they sweeten things up without using a ton of refined sugar, which I guess is probably the point here. The combo sounded, nope, let's be honest, the picture looks good. Okay, the picture and the recipe I'm looking at, they look really good. They look kind of indulgent and they look good. And that's why I'm going to go ahead and try this, despite (laughs) three words of the four in the title being things I'm not really crazy about. (laughs) Healthy coconut and date. Bars I'm good with. (laughs) All right, so this is made in two parts. We've done this kind of thing before. There's a base that's of a dough, and then there's a topping that's kind of gooier, and then there's some more sort of dough sprinkled over the top in little clumps and clusters. So here's your ingredient list for this. If you want to wait until we've tried it, I have not made this recipe before, as probably was made clear in what I just told you. So it's an experiment. And if you want to wait until the end of it and hear what I think about it or what I have to say about it, you're welcome to just listen in and come back to this to cook with me later. The ingredients are for the dough, the base, whatever you want to call it. You need one and a half cups of oats, which we're going to divide into two parts. A half cup of shredded coconut. Two ounces of medjool dates, that's about five or six, and they should be pitted unless you want to mess with pitting them. Look for ones that are pitted. You need a half cup of walnuts, a quarter of a teaspoon of sea salt, a half teaspoon of baking soda, one egg, and a quarter of a cup of coconut oil. I know some of those ingredients may not be already in your house. If that is the case, then I would definitely wait until you hear how this turns out before you make a trip to the store. None of these things are hard to find. They're available in any grocery store. But hang tight. Let's see how healthy these taste. Because if they taste too healthy, they're going in the freezer and I'll eat them a little, very little at a time. Now there's the topping. For the topping, you need eight ounces of those medjool dates, which is about 24 of them. So you're getting a whole package of them a teaspoon of lemon juice, a half a teaspoon of sea salt, and a half a teaspoon of coconut oil. So most of it mirrors the ingredients that we've already used up above. It's just that there's more of them. Equipment really is minimal. You need an eight by eight baking dish, 
You need a food processor because we're going to do everything in the food processor. And you need a silicone spatula with which to scrape down the food processor and to flatten things out in your baking dish. And a little piece of parchment paper, which is the first do-ahead. You're going to line your 8x8 baking dish with that parchment paper. And the other do-ahead is to preheat the oven to 325 degrees. To get this party started, we're going to make some oat flour. So a cup of those oats I told you you were going to need, we're going to put into the food processor. And we're going to pulse it or run it or whatever you do with yours. I run mine. Pulsing doesn't seem to... I don't know. It's just more inspiring to turn the thing on and let it do its own thing. So I'm going to put a cup of oats into my food processor and whirl it up until it's flour. We all know what flour looks like, so I'm just going to twirl it till we get to there. Pretty high. Oh, it's going to take longer than I thought. All right, I have it up to full speed, so hang on. Oh, when it finally starts to go, you can see that it's turning into flour right through the food processor bowl. It looks like flour on the bottom, and on the top is swirling by the larger pieces. So, as the part on the bottom gets wider and wider, you can see... Oh, I turned it off to just double-check that I'm telling you the truth. Yes, we're going to give it a little bit longer. It really does show through the container when it's turned mostly into flour. That's no, probably good enough. That's good enough. Well, it's a little coarse. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, just to be clear about what I just did was I went away. I turned off the microphone so you didn't have to listen to any more of this spinning food processor. And I let it grind for kind of a while. I would say three to four minutes easily. And it's still a little gritty, but not too bad. And I figure a little grittiness, I mean, I don't dislike the texture of oats, so I think it's going to be okay. Now what we're going to do is add the dates. I'm going to weigh out two ounces here and see what I get. These are pretty big. Could chop them up a little bit, but the food processor is going to do that for us, so I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just putting them in. Well, fiddle-dee-dee. Oh, yeah. Okay, I just remembered or figured out that mine are not pitted. So I have to pit mine. So cutting them the long way, squeezing them open, and out comes the seed. It's really not hard to do, but it will mean that later on I will have to go away and pit dates before we can make the filling. All right. It's not hard. There's the third one. Oh, by the way, yeah, my two ounces was three dates. Now they can go in along with the half cup of shredded coconut. And I'm using flaked sweetened coconut. I don't know if that's the right thing, but that's what I bought last time I was at the store. So that's what I got and that's what I'm using. I don't really know the difference between shredded coconut and flaked coconut, except, you know, real coconut flakes. They look like flakes. They're flat and square. This just looks like shredded coconut to me, so that's legitimate reason to use it that way. And those can just get dumped in with the flour and dates. And then the next thing that goes in is the salt and the baking soda. And that is a quarter of a teaspoon of salt. And it says sea salt, which means it's going to be significantly salty. You don't want to use kosher salt. And I don't recommend iodized salt. If you have some sea salt, that's your best bet. Quarter of a teaspoon of that. And then two quarter teaspoons, because I'm using the same spoon. You need a half a teaspoon, and I'm using the same quarter teaspoon of the baking soda. Also salty. Now we put the lid back on. And we grind it up until the dates are in smaller pieces. Whoa, I'm going to turn it down because that's just shooting them up everywhere. So the dates are pretty hard. (laughs) I probably would have been good to cut them up while I was pitting them. It probably would have helped my machine here. What we're making here is the dough. So I know we don't want huge pieces in there. This is not for the filling, which we'll do in a minute. Let's see what that looks like. How big are these pieces? Yeah, that'll do. These look like they're, oh, like the tips of a pencil eraser. So that seems all right to me because they don't have to be really small. And now we're going to add the egg which I'm going to crack into a little bowl first so I don't get shell in my mixture. Having learned that the hard way, we're going to crack it here first. 
Oh, and this one came out perfectly. It's a nice hard shell. Sometimes my shells recently have been really thin and they just sort of crush in my hand. So the egg goes in and then the coconut oil. Coconut oil is fascinating to me because it's not actually an oil. It's more like shortening. It's hard and stiff. It makes me not feel very good about using it. It just feels like shortening, you know, and, but I know it's way better for you than shortening. It's just really hard, you know, and trying to get it out of the jar. It's like wax. It's like white candle wax. There is nothing appetizing to me, at least about coconut oil. I find it off-putting. Plus it's so hard that, you know, you kind of have to stop trying to spoon it and smash it down into your measuring cup with your hands, you know, it's big chunks. It's more like wax than it is like shortening. And you can't tell what part of the measuring cup is actually getting filled without pushing it down in. It just doesn't look like something you should eat. Which, you know, probably we shouldn't eat in large quantities. I think it's really high in bad fats. But it's a whole quarter cup and it's going in with the rest of your dough. So, of course, once you've pressed it in that measuring cup, you have to sort of pry it out. Now, we're going to process that until that's all blended in, which should only take a moment or two. We don't want it to completely go into a dough because we're not done yet. Now, if you have some chopped walnuts in the house... You are lucky and goody for you. I don't, and I should have stated this as a do-ahead, but I'm going to have to chop up some walnuts here. I need about a half a cup, presumably after they're chopped, but let me see what they sit in this measuring cup. So I'm going to measure out a sort of a little bit heaping half cup, and that should do. And you need to chop those into bits. It's going to go in the food processor, so it doesn't have to be really fine. But if they go in whole, it's going to take too long to pulse them up. So just do a rough chop on them with a sharp knife on your cutting board. All right, they are chopped. They are not chopped small, but they've all been chopped. So that is what the recipe said. So I feel okay about that. Those go in with our dough, along with the missing half cup of oats. So these parts aren't going to get as ground up. This is where you get your textured oats. And then we're just going to grind that up for a minute. We don't want it all smithereened. We just want it to turn into dough that's a little crumbly. Broken up, but not completely blended. Which is lucky, because I'm not sure it actually would. All right, here's where we need that silicone spatula because it's only doing the bottom and really not touching any of the stuff I just put on the top. Try that again, man. That's better. Okay, almost. I'm scraping it down again. I'm going to give it one more pulse and then we're going to call it good because we want it kind of crumbly because we're going to make a topping out of it too, remember? It's good. So now we need to take the blade out of there carefully, and we're using that same measuring cup, the half cup one, 
going to scoop about a half of a cup of dough out of there to save for the topping. So you want to make sure you get about a half cup. And then everything else in your food processor bowl, you're going to use your rubber spatula to get it out of there and pour it into the parchment paper lined pan. Okay, then we need to kind of clean the food processor and get the oats out of there. Just to do a quick rinse here so that the dry stuff is removed because now we're going to make our filling in here. Just give it a quick swish. I think it doesn't have to be super duper clean because it's the same recipe and a lot of the same ingredients. So I'm not going to work too hard at getting this clean. I do have to rinse the blade. All right, now that goes back on the food processor. And the blade goes inside. And now we're going to make the filling or topping. They call it a topping. To me, this is the filling. And the stuff we pulled out of the dough is the topping. This is where you want your eight ounces of pitted medjool dates. Now, what that means is that I have to go pit a bunch of dates. So I'm not going to make you sit around while I do that. Hopefully... You did what I said you needed to do and got pitted ones, but I've had these around in my house for a long time, and I kind of remember now that I couldn't get the pitted ones. They were all out of stock, which is a common occurrence these days. There are so many things that are out of stock. It's still kind of bizarre to me. Anyway, I'm going to go away, pit all of these dates. You want eight ounces of dates that have been pitted. When you have that, come on back, and we'll grind them up. I know this is really the wrong thing for me to say at this particular moment in time, but I'm going to say it anyway. Dates kind of gross me out, particularly pitting them. I mean, I can make myself think as I look at the pits, oh, they look kind of a little like pecans. And uh, other times I really can't do that. I look at them and they look like insect carapaces to me. And I, uh, I, I don't enjoy that. It grosses me out. And I'm just being honest here. But they're done now. And maybe I'll try to grow one. Maybe that'll make me feel better. I don't know if you can grow a date tree, but I may give it a shot. Those dates are going in the bowl of your food processor, along with the teaspoon of lemon juice, a half a teaspoon of sea salt, and a half a teaspoon of coconut oil, and this time we're going to melt it. So um, half a teaspoon is just a tiny amount. I'm not sure the best way to melt that, actually. I feel like I could just do it in my hand. That's crazy. I'm going to be at it all day if I do that. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. It's such a small, tiny bit. But I'm going to put it into a tiny little silicone bowl and put it in my microwave for about five seconds on kind of a low power level. Take it way down. Let's go to two and give it five seconds. <laughs> That's probably not going to be even enough. No. All right, let's try another five seconds. No, let's try 10 seconds. For heaven's sake, it still isn't melted. 
All right, I'm going to try it at a higher power level for 10 seconds. I was so sure it would just completely melt. Wow, this is so interesting, you guys. Right, highest power level, 10. 10 seconds. We just had like 20 seconds already. This is makes 30 seconds for this little half teaspoon of coconut oil. And it's still not melted. I'm stirring it with my finger. See if I can get it to just melt by itself as I stir it into the warmer stuff. Yes. Okay, so it was, there was a tiny pool of warmer stuff, not warm enough to warm my finger any, but it's kind of lukewarm. And I'm just stirring my finger around in it, and that is melting almost all of it. And now that also goes in with the dates and stuff. Now you'll notice we're not adding any sugar to this. That's for two reasons. First, because the dates are super sweet. And second, because remember, healthy... That's what, uh, that's what that means. Here we go. We're grinding this up. This time we're going to spin it for about five minutes until it's smooth and no lumps. It's really uniform and it's going to lighten up. We're going to need to scrape down the sides every once in a while, but it's going to turn a different color. And you're going to have to do this on your own without me. So just remember those things and go to it and come back to here in about five minutes. And meanwhile, while it's churning, go ahead and press the dough that you dumped into your 8-inch pan. Press it out evenly so you've made a nice flat layer of something we can put this gooey stuff on top of. I'm sure you noticed as you were messing with this filling that it doesn't really want you to stir it up. It's stiff and very, very, very sticky. Because of that, we have to do something a little different in trying to make this stuff spread out. Because, of course, that's the next step, is to get this spread over the crust that you flattened down. So the first thing is to use your rubber spatula and just work your hardest, <laughs> which is kind of going to be the truth. And my spatula may not be stiff enough. It looks a little like peanut butter. Just scoop all of that filling out onto the top of the layer of dough that you created in your eight by eight pan. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to get something a little stiffer than this. This is getting some of it, but it's so sticky. Oh my gosh. You know, I use my finger it's what I do to get the stuff off of the spatula, and it really gives you a sense of just how sticky dates are, which I suppose is one of their endearing qualities if you cook with them often, because it does give them sort of a power that other dried fruits don't have, that in addition to all the sugar that's in them. But it's not bad sugar. Wow. Yeah. Okay. What am I going to use here? I have a stiff spatula. I'm going to try that. Let's see if that will work. It's flat on the bottom. Let's see if that will help get this out of here because I don't want to waste it now that we've munched it all up. Oh, the other thing you may have noticed, I certainly did, is that they're so hard that they cause some friction when you're processing them. Yeah. Ugh. 
Yeah, sorry, didn't mean to make that noise. It's just so sticky, and it doesn't mean it's disgusting, but it does just a little bit. Anyway, there's so much friction that it actually got hot. Not hot, but quite warm. My date topping here was more than lukewarm by the time it was ground up to where it was actually this sort of pasty filling that it's supposed to be, which might be making it a little easier to manipulate, but I don't think it's doing it by much. Now, here I am trying to get this off of this other spatula, and it's so thick and sticky that I think I'm just going to have to let go of it and let it not come off, which is hard for me. As you probably know from listening to my podcasts, it's hard for me to leave stuff behind. By the way, you can find all the ingredients and equipment and everything for this recipe on thecookalongpodcast.com if you did not manage to write them down. All right, here's where the trick comes in. Because this is so sticky and what we need to do next is spread it out. As you and I both probably just figured out, it's going to just stick to any kind of spatula. And it will do the same with a spoon. So we have to do it by hand. And that may sound crazy to you, especially after I just told you how much it's sticking to my fingers. But the trick is to wet your hands. Just get them a little bit wet. I'm going to wash that off my finger while I'm here. And then use your wet hands to press it down. And it's not going to stick to your wet hands. It's like magic. But if your hands dry out, you're going to need to re-wet them or it's going to just continue to stick. So what you're doing is, of course, just making a smooth layer over the top of the bottom layer. So you've got to kind of spread it into the corners. Try to keep it as even as you can, which is a little hard because it got put in there in large clumps. But do what you can. Oh, yeah. It looks as though it's really not going to be a very thick layer. And that's probably just fine. I don't know, you guys. There's no sugar in here at all. Not even in the crust. I just don't know. Okay, I'm sticking again. A little more water. Oh, that makes such a huge, huge difference. This part doesn't gross me out at all. This is more like mm, playing with clay. It's a little bit that kind of consistency, too. That's how stiff it is. All right, I think I've got it almost as far as it's going to go. All right, I'm going to moisten them one more time because now I've got it all spread out, but there's finger tracks. So I want to smooth those out. Because otherwise I think there'll be thick spots and thin spots. And then it's going to just have to do. I'm sure it's not level. But once you've put the stuff down, you really can't see anymore how thick it is. All right, quick rinse of the hands. And then dry them this time. Now, you remember that half cup of dough that we saved out. We're going to take it out of this measuring cup and crumble it over the top because this is the topping. This is not what they call the topping. They wanted to call the date stuff the topping. To me, this is the topping. And just spread it sort of crumbled in bunches, bits, whatever you want to call them, evenly over the top of your date mixture. This is something we've done before in the shortbread jammers recipe which have plenty of sugar in them, and the 
salted caramel butter bars, which has even more sugar because it's actually got caramel candies in it. But oh boy, is it good. There's another one too. Chocolate Revel Bars. So we've done this technique before. It's not a mystery. And I really recommend all of those recipes when you're not trying to do something healthy because they are far, far from healthy. The Revel Bars aren't too bad because they at least have oats in them. The others, it's just shortbread topping on both of them. And very, very dangerous. Now your bars are ready to go in the oven. They're going to go in your preheated 325 degree oven for about 16 to 18 minutes or until the topping just begins to brown. Okay. When you pull it out, you're going to put it on a cooling rack and let it sit there for about 10 minutes. And then you're going to stick this in your refrigerator. It needs to chill for about an hour before you slice it. All right, here they are out of the refrigerator. You can just lift the whole parchment paper out of the pan and set it on a flat surface and then fold the parchment paper back from the edges. And then this is supposed to make 16 bars. So that means you're gonna cut the whole square in half. And then you're gonna cut the left half in half and the right half in half so that you have four lines and then you're going to turn it, the whole paper perpendicularly. You're going to cut it in the middle again and then you're going to cut the left half in half and the right half in half. And there we have it. There are our bars. Well, they're beautiful. They're really very pretty. And now we got to taste them. I'm going to see whether this tastes healthy. I, I don't want it to taste healthy. I'd rather it didn't, you know. I don't want it to taste healthy. It can be healthy, but I don't really want it to taste healthy. Thank you very much. I want it to taste like something I ought not to be eating. All right, here goes. Taking a bite. Hmm. I think I didn't leave them in the fridge long enough. I think they'll be better when they're actually chilled. You know, I didn't wait that long because it's not, it's not what I do. Um, I think they'll be better when they're actually cool. They're actually kind of fun. This is going to sound weird, but they do kind of taste healthy. I mean, they don't, hmm, I like them. They don't taste bad for you. And whatever tastes healthy-ish about them isn't abhorrent. <laughs> You know, it's not like, oh my God, why am I eating this? Uh-uh. This is totally doable. But I'm going to put them back in the fridge. I think I want mine chilled. Very fun. All right, well, that's a pleasant discovery. I could actually eat these. I could actually probably eat these fairly often. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow kind of fruity, kind of crumbly. I like these very much. Okay, I recommend them. Even if you have to go out and buy special ingredients for them, I think you might like them. That was this month's experiment. I think it's the only thing I did that was a complete experiment this month. And I'm happy to say it turned out well. I'm glad I did it. Tune in again.
two weeks from today for another brand new recipe. And next week for a quick bite in which we'll ponder together some pseudo important piece of cooking or food. <laughs> That's all for today. Until next time, happy cooking. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're enjoying this podcast, you can make a contribution through the supporter link on every Cook Along podcast page or go to Kofi, ko-fi.com slash the Cook Along podcast. Thanks for your support and thanks for listening.